So I'm, I'm sitting here at the beach or a few blocks away from uh, the beach in Chicks Beach, I think. So this coffee shop I've stopped by is called Linhaven Coffee Company. It's on Shore Drive and looks like Seashell Drive. Anyway, there's dragonflies flying around here and one of these dragonflies moseys on over through the air and the dragonfly does and lands about five feet in front of me on a brown plant pot on the edge of it to have some kind of low lying shrub or something some little bush inside of it brown pot with black bands around it. It's kind of like this pot is attempting to simulate an old wooden pot with maybe, I don't know, metal bands holding it together like a barrel has. And anyway, the dragonfly just kind of sat there and it was kind of, it, it was sort of walking in circles in place. So it wasn't circling around something, it was as if it, it, it was using its feet to turn on an invisible axis that was, you know, piercing through its center. And I, I, I slowly moved closer towards it because I know dragonflies, you know, they're pretty slick. They know that they, they're aware of their evasiveness, so they'll let you get close, you know. But as soon as you reach out, you know, they're pretty fast. So, you know, I moved closer and started getting a look. And I noticed this dragonfly was <coughs> deformed. This dragonfly, it had like three legs, but it had an equal number of eyes. It's like I had a third eye, slightly off to uh, Dragonfly right. Uh, and um, it didn't have a long tail. It just kind of had a little stub at the back. But it wasn't broken off because it still had the little appendages that you see at the back of Dragonfly's rear. Uh, and... Uh, Anyway, then very shortly after that, then another dragonfly came and hovered like off to my left and was just kind of looking at and circling, flitting back and forth and up and down like it was just looking at me, looking. It was observing me, observed the, the retarded dragonfly on the plant pot. And then it, you know, it zipped away. And it came back, and it came back with another dragonfly. But this one was pretty much right in front of me, while the other one was still off to the left where it had been before. And, you know, and then they were just kind of looking at me and, and the retarded dragonfly on the plant pot. And, you know, it was really interesting because it was as if they were having a conversation. You know, one dragonfly kind of that was facing directly towards me turned to its left and then turned back, and as it did, a third dragonfly joined them. And a few other ones joined around, and now there's all these dragonflies watching me 
watch the retarded dragonfly. And they're all just circling around. And I'm just thinking, this, what the heck is going on? <clears throat> and so, you know, then, then all of a sudden, the dragonfly, just the one directly in front of me, just dive bomb just directly towards me. And it was kind of startling. And I backed up a little bit. You know, I jumped back and it just dive bombed at the the retarded dragonfly. But the retarded dragonfly didn't move so retardedly. It like just took one little hop backwards while it was still rotating on its axis. And the other dragonfly missed. And and then it also narrowly missed hitting itself on the ground. It it it, it, it uh, you know climbed rapidly. I mean, these things are amazing how they can change direction. Their aerial agility and ability to maneuver is incredible. Those, uh, those four wings, man. Anyway, I don't know. So then the other dragonflies, I saw them take their turns at striking out at, you know, tripod over there. And, um, you know, to no avail. They... They weren't able to take him out. And then all of a sudden, you know, they were still, you know, hovering around. Looks like they were waiting to try to dive bomb again. Then all of a sudden, they, the retarded dragonfly tripod, dragonfly stopped turning on its axis. And then it slowly rose up like a helicopter coming off a helipad. And to which all of the other dragonflies were surrounded quickly fled in their various directions through the air and away, to which the little tripod dragonfly rotated on an axis in the air this time, and then flew off straight up, and I, I, I lost sight of it over the little the overhead covering of this building that I'm sitting at these chairs so I don't I don't know where 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 they went but they haven't been back since and you know it's um you know it's almost impossible to imagine what a dragonfly is thinking I I, I said I said almost almost impossible I would suppose in human form I've never attempted to you know, to think dragonfly thoughts. I mean, I could do the closest approximation I could at least come to one dragonfly thought that might be, so, you know, a close approximation of something they might have to be thinking is is just looking at a perspective. You know, if you if you if you keep your eye fixed on a certain point in front of you and then you jump up and down or like do a cartwheel or something like that if you can. You know, like maybe you might get a perspective of what like dragonfly vision is. You at least know that they change perspective rapidly, right? But then what are their eyes? I've never studied the, you know, the optic system of a dragonfly. So I know they have at least these two big eyes on their head. This, you know, other one here had three of them. So imagine what that dragonfly can see. Anyway, you know, besides the fact that I'm not a dragonfly anatomist or anything like that, I can't, uh, I can only, you know, 
just like, as I usually do, speculate, wildly speculate and hypothesize on what a dragonfly might even be thinking. But uh, apparently, those other six or seven dragonflies that came around thought there was something pe peculiar about it as well. It didn't seem to have any maneuverability problems at all either when it landed. I didn't. I didn't notice anything different about its its aerial gait as it landed on the pot. The only thing that was different was that it kept on rotating around in a circle. And what had three legs and three eyes, the wings were all the same, the body was shorter. Um, and it, when it rose to the air, it flew around, it moved just like all the other dragonflies in the air, except for that one point in time where it simply rotated upon an, an imaginary axis in the air and then accelerated straight upwards. Um, I mean, maybe that's another peculiar thing. I mean, I, I mean, I, I do know dragonflies do have vertical takeoff, but these were, were like drone-like machine like very vertical I mean they were straight lines so I don't know what that's all about um, a thought just came to my head but it's a sci-fi thought just like everything else for the most part what if it was like some kind of you know attempt at inserting like some kind of cloned or robotic or combination of cyborg you know artificial intelligence uh, driven, software driven, you know, cyborg, dragonfly, but maybe that was grown and it came out that way. Maybe it was hatched that way with all of the with all of the accessory robotic and uh, available components to install software. And that was the best approximation that whoever created it could come up with. And so, because it could fly and everything else and had all that maneuverability, and but it was given off some other, I don't know, maybe the frequency of its wings, you know, was uh, <clears throat> different, alien, robot-like, but, but dragonfly enough to alert the presence of other dragonflies to, I don't know, maybe see like that there was like a Neo or something in the, in the world. Who knows what the heck is going on with those dragonflies. It's a strange party, but I'm, you know, I feel privileged that I was able to observe these dragonflies interacting with each other and with me because they completely ignored me for the most part. You know, but besides the fact that, of course, they saw me, but I was no more an object than the plant pot was, you know, on the ground, just just something to avoid flying into. Other than that, I was of no concern to them. You know, that's a whole new world right there. Man. That, what a cool world, too. I mean, just imagine being able to move like that. So, so imagine being able to move like those dragonflies, but with a human consciousness. You know, to be able to move around like that. That if, for example... The type of the type of artificial intelligence software that has to be installed as some kind of driver, right? So it would have to be a driver installed as an artificial intelligence steering program in order to push this kind of technology, this kind of drone-like technology. So, but for, or at least that could be from what I saw. But what 
what you could imagine is your own consciousness. You're the intelligence installed into a vehicle or being able to transform to, to somehow shed off the extra mass or change the distance between your molecules or even the atoms or the space between that, the nucleus of the atoms. Although I'm not sure how that worked out, probably consist of changing the relative, the charges of the all of the the uh, particles involved, and that would mean every particle involved in that particular system, which is an enormous amount of calculation that would be required in order to control the electromagnetic charge and attraction factor of each one of those every every single subatomic particle in your body anyway but just imagine being able to shrink down to that size and fly like a vehicle like that i can imagine that would be sort of very similar to the perspective of what you would have if you were in a vehicle of your own on human scale, maybe an individually sized uh, vehicle, uh, and you could hop around just like the electrogravitically powered uh, crafts that uh, some of which we see in the atmosphere, piloted by other human beings, parts of breakaway civilizations who are, uh, are having fun with their technology. We have to pursue that technology for ourselves, simply for exploration and recreation. The galaxy should be, and the universe, all of our playgrounds. You may not agree with having a universe of playgrounds. That's okay. You have yet to discover the potential for fascination and inspiration, which is such a main quality and primary feature of using various practices to master the art of consistent lucid dreaming. And in and being able to induce similar states. So for example, I can sit in this chair where I am outside of the cafe and looking at the plant pot and either with my eyes open or closed begin to enter into perceptually a completely different environment and scenario a completely different reality in uh, another location in time and space that has almost all of the same qualities as being here on Earth in our three-dimensional physical world, except for the fact that 
you can float, fly, levitate, quite often manifest things that weren't previously there. Anything as small as a pencil to as large as a building or another planet. To have super strength to control various elements. And it's also an arena with having all of those. The most useful thing that I found with having all of those superpowers is the ability to use that for investigation and for and for the exchange of ideas and for building and constructing and engineering ideas in a space time simulator in which the time is condensed because of the speed of calculation, the perspective, the speed of interpretation of information is rapidly accelerated in these very particular and specific altered states of consciousness, such as lucid dreaming and the deep types of meditation in which I can, for all intents and purposes, hallucinate myself into a completely different environment. First discovered through lucid dreaming, then through hallucinogenic drugs, which have a completely different quality, and now through meditation practices and techniques and continuing also into lucid dreams, I'm able to explore these altered states of consciousness without the use of any other chemicals except for food and the oxygen in the environment. But these things allow us to, you can rehearse entire scenarios and look over ideas and explore things in complete detail as if you were encountering the situation so that you can, for example, reverse engineer a desired outcome from a point where it is in the future to back where you are now. And... Again, that is something I realize that we all do, except for the fact that we're not doing it with any degree of conscious awareness. We're actually only uh, uh, spending most of our conscious awareness and our, the abilities of our, of our behavior and all of our processing power is just about between 10 to 15%. But we can increase that potential use by using our imagination and using things that could be called hypnosis, right, in different forms of self-hypnosis and meditation. And they can all fall into the category of, of meditation or mental practices, rehearsal. There are so many ways that we can rehearse creating different scenarios simply for the the experience of it. Just like how in the movie Total Recall, for example, both versions, if the idea was people wanted to have an experience but uh, either could not afford or didn't have the time to go on a certain vacation, so they would have the, the, the experience of the, vaca the vacation implanted in their minds in, in the form of a memory so that they would remember how to. Interesting concept. 
uh, it's been done by myself. I spoke about it before about creating a scenario and then one day seeing a yacht and then having a flashback of the scenario that I went through. And the flashback was as a memory, just as detailed, if not even more than other memories that I've had. But it didn't really happen except for the fact that I created it in sort of a holodeck, you know, in my own environment, full sensory simulation. And that is the ability of us all. The point of any of these superpowers, and specifically the one of being able to trigger and enter into highly vivid, complete multi-sensory imaginative zones completely thought-responsive re to you is the ability to work things out, to overcome almost any issue that we desire by thinking about it and going through it in real time. And of course there are things that we need to do, we need to systematically move into things and move out of things that may be disturbing or things we want to work on. And of course, working with whoever your uh, healthcare practitioners are who are licensed to deal with whatever you're going through. But beyond that, almost anyone can take the time, if they would, can accelerate so many changes if we would just understand that if we install this one practice of meditation into all the other hard work that we do, we actually become so much more efficient. It is magnitudes of efficiency increased when we practice it. If we don't, as I also have experience with, then we're just kind of going with being blown to and fro by whatever breeze may come. But when we focus on, we can become really precise about the things that we attract into and then step into as part of our experiences. Simply by taking the time to discipline our thoughts and become a little bit more childlike in the way that we operate in the world.